love how timely we are. Are you sure that's the adjective you want to use to describe us, Aaron? Fresh, up-to-date. Again, I think you're speaking too bold for a once-every-two-weeks podcast. <laughs> are the kids saying it a different way to these days? Uh, up-to-date, plugged in. I've got fresh out the oven. Is that a thing? Maybe we'll start it. Maybe we'll make it a thing. I think that was a thing back in the 90s. <laughs> fresh out of the oven. I I don't know if that was a thing back in the 90s. You know, I, I know even though this is a you know bi-weekly podcast, even for us, we're a little late on today's subject. Oh, that depends, Aaron. If we were one of those boring podcasts that just talked about the movie they saw, but we aren't that kind of podcast. We go on too many tangents to count. So many tangents, like how she's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. And... Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash idea. You can follow us on Facebook at idea, Twitter at MarriedNumber2TheIdea, we are on SoundCloud and iTunes, and if you forget any of those links, you can head to our website, marriagetheidea.weebly.com, for all of those and more. Well, we've got all that housekeeping out of the way. Captain Marvel punched a lady in the face. Yeah, and... Uh, An old lady in the face. Are people... I, I haven't been able to tell... I What do you think? Oh, it's definitely a statement for sure. Very strange. Cap never punched a lady in the face. But I think that means she's a no-nonsense kind of person who's not going to stop just because polite society dictates you can't punch old ladies in the face. Well, I never. Well, I you never. should start. It makes you think there's going to be like uh, some, not body switching, body snatching, body doubles, impersonators. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of uh, Captain Marvel is the Kree invasion, isn't it? Yes, but the Kree aren't known for infiltrating in a way where they look like us i thought that's the whole thing with the secret invasion plot line well i guess we'll have to wait to find out more about it okay so i guess that wasn't in the graphic no see now what you guys need to realize is normally i'm the comic book expert but with captain marvel liz is actually way more experienced than i am mm -hmm. we have our ladies night book club at nirvana comics and one of Shout the last out to nirvana comics one of the last books we did was the new run of Captain Marvel and it doesn't talk so much about the Kree they're they are mentioned but it's a lot more about her understanding how to actually be she's already an Avenger she already like pals around with Iron Man and she already has her life set at this point so now it's her going out into space going on rad adventures meeting up with the Guardians of the Galaxy figuring out how to help these people on this faraway distant world in like the right way as opposed to just I'm an Avenger and I'm here to save the day you want me to just walk out against the first order with a light sword and bring it all down no it's not how it works anymore <laughs> so. but I did know a lot of cool things like I knew how uh, Carol Danvers is a fire pilot and I knew that when you see her in the trailer, that weird mohawky thing on her hair, on her head, when she's in space, is not like 
a part of the costume that's her little hair because when her suit grows up and morphs around her it goes up the side of her face to the top of her skull causing all of her hair to mohawk out that seam i've because i've seen that cover the the mohawk coming out and that's that's it's i thought it was a hairstyle so i i was wrong Nah, it's super cool it's like she has an alter identity as a punk rocker. Yeah, and so I thought the the whole Cree thing was the secret invasion. And, of course... I got to tell you, the space opera part is not the part that interests me about Captain Marvel. I may be misreading it entirely. From, you, know, I, you all may be very, very mad at me for that particular hypothesis. But she's a lot more compelling just on her learning how to be a hero. Not that... I don't want it to be a... I have to learn with this earth emotion called love is about i i it, it shouldn't be that i don't want it to be that but seems it, illogical by the time we meet up with her in the comics she's living inside the statue of liberty with a cat and they go off into space and have adventures so it's like very it's very fun it's very squirrel girl and i don't want it to be a whole learn your destiny timeline i just want her to go and have space adventures and if aliens are involved, I mean, that's fine, but it's just, it's just not the compelling part for me, all the politics of that. My impression of the the trailer is less of learn your destiny, but learn who you truly are, or rather conflicting destinies, even, in how she was Carol Danvers and how she might be Marvell, um, which I think is where she gets her powers from. So she gets her sense of being from carol danvers and then she gets her everything else from you know marvell if i'm not uh, mistaken on that see that's that's i have no idea where they're going with this guy see that's that's the fun part i read a whole graphic novel i have no idea where they're going (laughs) that's the fun part we're 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 hypothesizing right now and speaking of hypothesizing uh, don't you think we're a little late on our movie for today? Again, it all depends on what we're actually here to talk about. If we're here to talk about spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, yes, we're late to the party. But we're not here to talk about that. I th- Well, I mean, we'll mention spoilers. We're here to talk about thematic elements, where it stands within canon, both in our timeline and in a universe timeline. We're here to talk about development. And I think that's a lot more interesting than, oh, boy, Look at the Easter eggs. Stan Lee's here again. <laughs> yeah, I know you like the Easter eggs, but this, yeah. it's more fun just to talk about if it's a good movie or not. Yeah, I'm sure there. I'm sure there's quite a few Easter eggs that flew right over our head because we didn't know as many Ant Man and Wasp, you know, comics and stuff like that. We just went in for more of the movie part. My f- feelings is is that we always try to bring a question or we always try to have that you know like with the blues brothers you know or i'm sorry not the blues brothers the star trek one was the episode that we did with the media nuts was more if we were a 1960s producer would we have produced this show would we have given it the green light so maybe with ant-man and the wasp where does this sit on our scale of marvel movies because that seems to be kind of a of an identifying conflict not even conflict but uh, an identifying factor is for some people um like a buddy of ours will this movie kind of fell flat not that it was a bad movie but comparative to other movies that it fell flatter than uh most boy i wouldn't think that well and that's that's uh, we don't have to answer it right now obviously but rather something to think about as we continue along so maybe that's our, our question as we as we continue. So instead of it just being, oh, hey, Ant-Man was funny, you know. 
yeah, that's, you know, that's all we would ever say about a movie, is if it's funny or not, and then we just sit in silence for 15 minutes. I just sit in silence. Well, we have to just differentiate our podcast from other the other hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. Are you sure we're just not stepping in the shoes of people before us? I feel more comfortable in that. <laughs> I don't like I, making I don't. The most shoes don't fit me that way. <laughs> I really like Evangeline Lilly in this role, especially in this sequel as compared to the first one. And I think Michael Pena sums it all up. Look at my haircut. I'm a business lady. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> it's much more interesting to see one of the founding members of the Avengers finally have a freaking movie. Not her version of the Wasp. Right. So just like Ant-Man, the movie was about Scott, who is Hank Pym's protege. And Hank Pym was the first Iron Man, though. Not uh, uh, Ant-Man. I said Ant-Man. You said Iron Man. Aaron, there's a lot of men. If you keep correcting me, we're never going to get through this. The guy who shrinks. And then there is his wife, who is the wasp. And the whole premise of the first movie was, I couldn't tell you that your mother went subatomic to keep you safe, because that makes sense. But good for us, at the end of the movie, he's like, you know what? No, I actually made you a suit. Let's, let's start training and testing you on that, too. And it also explains where she was when... Uh, Paul Rudd went to Germany to go help Cap. We call him Cap. And I really just like her character. I like that she gets to be independent of romantic interest, which is usually how this thing rolls. And it's been, it has been this series of stage of the phases of MCU where we get the female characters who are not defined by their male counterparts. We had Valkyrie, who just got to be a badass, wasn't romantically linked with anyone and now she had she had some kind of fun things with the hulk and a little with thor but it's they hinted at it more than it was like the oh i'm thor i'm valkyrie well we're going to definitely hook up at the end of this movie oh yes definitely and then i'll never be mentioned again in the next movie (laughs) it wasn't anything along those lines Nah, it wasn't and I appreciate that. And uh, a better even, example would actually be Shuri from Black Panther. Yes. Well, I or wasn't, even, th- I um, wasn't or, there yet. You keep going ahead of me. My apologies. There's so many movies, Aaron. We're never going to get through all of them. But yes, Shuri is another example of a female character who gets to have her own motivations and opinions. Basically, all the women of Black Panther are like that. Even the queen. Yeah. It's really, really awesome to just see that and she's allowed it's again it's not like she can't be in a relationship it's that she's not defined by it she is consistently trying to get her mother back even at the expense of scott's freedom or ability to see his child again like they really do a good job of making you think that that's not important at all you become so invested in hope search for her mother that you're like come come on scott just Stay there and help them. So what if you go back to prison? we got to save her mom. But it wouldn't mean you're going back to pr- just prison for like five years. It's going back to p- prison for 20 years. Yeah, especially for associating with them. Um, where this falls in the timeline. This is pre-snap. This is after... Super spoiler. Uh, 
Well, if you if you don't know, I can't help you. The time has passed. Our timely analysis is now here, which means you should know what that means. If you want to know our deeper thoughts on Infinity War, go check out our uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and download and hear Liz's frustrations with Infinity War. Never fret. You will still hate Infinity War by the time Ant-Man and Wasp finishes up with its post credit scene. Never worry. Stupid purple chinned anyway so we have scott who is on house arrest because of the events that happened in civil war where he went to help cap and we have hope and hank pym who are fugitives and have been on the run really dig all of the gadgets that they brought out for this one because before you had to explain the technology now we just accept it there was a small part at the beginning where i had the old annoyance of if you shrink down the building according to ant-man logic when you are small you still have the impact of a bullet because it's all of your mass being directed through a small pinprick of space that technically means you shouldn't be able to move buildings or cars or anything that you shrink down because their density should still exist but after they shrink a whole building up and roll it away on a carry case i'm like you know what take it have it have your fun i'm i'm i have given myself into it i am ignoring the physics from now on your suspension of disbelief kicked in huh? yeah exactly exactly especially when i realized that at some point the lab was in the car and they shrank down the car which means the lab was now shrunken even more than it had been shrunken before and i realized we could be endlessly shrinking inside endlessly shrinking vehicles and it would hurt my brain yeah double shrinkage <laughs> well I don't know what that's like. Oh, no. Most <laughs> women don't. So, I have to agree. I did like Evangeline Lilly in this. I've not really seen Evangeline Lilly in anything that I really was like, Oh my God, Evangeline Lilly. Yes, I love her. I love her. She's not. De- she's definitely not on my like actresses I don't care for list, which is very vast, I have to say. I, I apologize. I have that weird tick. Uh, there are actresses I just cannot stand. There are some actors, but there there is a discrepancy where my list is very much larger for my actresses that I don't like. Well, Evangeline Lilly, can we talk about how just cool she is? Because if you don't know anything about her, you may just think, oh, it's another Hollywood actress. The cool thing about Evangeline Lilly is that acting is not her first passion. Acting is a way to support her real career, which is writing. And she almost gave up on acting because Hollywood kept putting her into stupid love triangles even after she kept insisting, please do not do this to me. Please stop. I would like to just be in my own role. Could you please? Thank you. And now she finally has one. And I feel very happy for her. Well, like her character in The Hobbit served no purpose besides being a love triangle. They invented a female character, which is great because there aren't a lot in Tolkien's works. And then you just put her in the middle of a love triangle. It made no sense. Why? And they did it in reshoots, Aaron. That didn't exist in the first pass of the script. Like, okay, everyone come back in for reshoots. Oh, by the way, Evangeline, you are in a love triangle now. Sorry. You guys wonder why I haven't seen any of the Hobbit movies now? It's very, very bad. Yeah. And I never really watched Loss at all. I never got into the the big thing. Why are they on the island? What's with the polar bear? Why is there a smoke monster? Who are the others? So 
you know, I never saw her on that, though I know her relationship with, strangely enough, the guy who was in the Lord of the Rings. I know that soured very quickly, and that's why he asked to be written off. Do you know that Topher Grace did a fan cut of the Three Hobbit movies, pairing them down into one two-hour watchable film? I'm sorry, Topher Grace? That 70s show guy. Topher Grace edited the Three Hobbit movies. Apparently he likes doing this. Like, this is how he keeps his sanity. He makes fan edits of really long, terrible movies. I might have to, like, look into other edits that he's done. (laughs) That's really strange. I know. Topher Grace. It's so random. Eric from that 70s show. It's so random. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure that was the guy because I'm not very good with actor names sometimes, but I'm fairly certain that that was the joke. I almost want to like look this up while we're talking. So, but I did like Evangeline Lilly in this. We, I, I sat there throughout the whole movie and I enjoyed her. Um, I didn't feel like she was one. No, I didn't feel like she was like, oh, I got to be bitchy because I have to be hard assed uh, or so I can be a badass. No, she made me think of Domino actually from Deadpool 2. And I, my gender is irrelevant sort of way in a, I'm just really good at my job. There's never a sexist crack at her. There's never a pan shot. She's just doing her job. Even Michael Pinion mostly says, it's like, I really like your suit. Like, I'd like a suit. Could I have a suit? Please, please give me a suit. It doesn't even have to have powers. I just want a suit. I just want a suit. (laughs) Which is what all of us scream at our movie screens every time I watch a Marvel movie and say, but would you please just release some cosplay gear? Thank you. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. But she did a really good job. Um, I don't know who to thank for that specifically, but they did a... I enjoyed her. I feel like I enjoyed her a lot more in this movie than I did in the first movie. Exactly. You can tell. The writing was, perhaps the comedic timing in writing was stronger in the first one, and I think that's a lot to do with Edgar Wright being assigned to the project before he got booted out. And I know that he had involvement in Ant-Man and the Wasp as well, but not any, he wasn't a director or anything. So I feel like Paul Rudd's jokes and dialogues suffer, but the plot and humanity and heart of the film are much stronger. Yeah, because the first one was a heist film. Mm-hmm. It was a heist film with a little bit of like fun, super-powered tech. That's, in essence, that's what it was. With this one, it was a continuation of a superhero movie where I felt like they were on the run pretty much the whole time. Yeah, it's pretty much it. I think it takes place over one day, I think. Not even... Um, Maybe two or three at the most. It's a very short timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's... Uh, yeah, it's like three days at the most. Before he gets off the ankle monitor and can be free again. Exactly. Um, and there are, this is still a humorous Marvel quippy movie, so don't think that when I say, oh, there's no jokes, it means that the best joke is when they revisit the joke of Luis telling the story of his recollection of how events transpired, where he talks and the actors have to mouth what he's saying with his voice coming out of their mouth. It's very hilarious, just as good as the first one, and it keeps going and going and going and going because he's given truth serum. That was also a funny exchange. That scene might be the funniest and possibly the best written out of the entire movie. The 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 whole thing you're revisiting, you're bringing back this whole this joke that everyone loved. From the first one, and then you've got this, you know, 
a, a little bit of a twist on it with who they actually have saying the words and like the the sheer fun that the actors have while doing this and the quickness of it which again I think that's I think that was probably possibly a uh, Edgar Wright initially thing because that quick edit that's that's so signature uh, or that's such a so much a signature thing of Edgar Wright so that makes me believe that that may be like one of his last little touches we also have returns of lots of visual gags which is really great for a shrinking growing movie we have uh the hot wheel collection of cars from the pigs from at a moment's notice really fun the entire lab that can shrink down to a, a wheeling carry case we have the giant pez dispenser and the giant ants and can we talk about just how great scott's daughter is like their relationship their whole freaking relationship they he is on house arrest and when he gets to see his daughter on the weekends i'm so glad that judy greer is not a put-upon mom she's so much like just you know you guys can't do this to him all the time like she's on his side and it's not some exactly she's not like oh my god what else did he do she's like worried about him leave him alone and her cop husband is also like it's okay buddy we got you and like like you can't do this. Yes, they can. You guys need a warrant. No, they don't. In this one, I felt much more, because before he couldn't actually spend time with his daughter. He just was trying to get to spend time with his daughter. So her daughter didn't get to be as much as a character. In this one, the whole setup of him being on house arrest is that he's built this giant cardboard fort, which is also a system of tunnels and mazes for a heist of their own and it sets up the cute joke about world's best grandma and all these cute things that he that he did to make life more fun for her while she's with him and i think that's just so incredibly sweet there's a definite definite running theme by the time the third father daughter pairing is introduced you're like hmm, i wonder if they're trying to communicate something here about family and fathers doing right by their daughters <laughs> I, I wonder i wonder See, that's exactly what family would say. Well, I'm just glad they got over their daddy issues because now, to be fair, these are all about daddies again. So regardless of whether you think that they're doing a good thing or a bad thing, most all Marvel movies are daddy centric. Either you got daddy issues or daddy's super important to things. And in this one, we have it more about how fathers try to do right by their children as opposed to how they have failed miserably in almost every other Marvel movie before this. The only one that the only one that has it, their own movie that isn't that way right now is Cap. But we don't know anything about Cap's dad. Cap Cap's parents died when he was young. Yeah, exactly. That's so it. they're not so, even there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is is that's that's why. So either they're terrible or they're absent. <laughs> exactly, because apparently oh, that's terrible. the best motivator. Oh, it's terrible. But that's why this movie was such a great palate cleanser. We have a villain and we have a hero team in like two generations worth. We have all these wonderful thoughts about 
keeping a family together and doing what's best and doing what's right. And even our quote-unquote villains get redemption in a way that's really nice compared to how usually the the creature who is turned into a creature by the side of good doing evil things to make good things happen gets its just desserts at the end, and I'm really tired I, of that. I grew my tentacles because of an experiment gone wrong, and now the world shall suffer. <laughs> I really dig what they went for with Ghost. I really dig the whole idea of quantum phasing. Because when she started doing that, I'm like, yeah, I. when you see how Ghost shifts and jitters around and just walks through walls, I'm like, that's a really cool conceit that they're playing with here. If you suggest that quantum entanglement is possible and quantum physics and all this stuff about energy, then sure, why can't you have a character who literally walks through walls? Do you guys just put the word quantum in front of things? That was also a quantum line. skateboard, quantum sneakers, quantum eyeball. <laughs> it makes me think of the line back in the first movie where they're sitting down and Hank's just told Scott everything. And Scott says, okay, so I think the first thing we should do is call the Avengers. And Hank's like, no, this this is important. This isn't some cute tech like the Iron Man suit. And I'm like, whoa, Hank, cute? And then you're like, oh, crap, yeah, because I've never been so existentially terrified as in Ant-Man movies. The whole shrinking thing, it, like, it when he goes subatomic in the first movie, mm, mm, mm. And when the guy shrinks the other guy that he's mad at and just compresses him into jelly, like, those are, like, my nightmares right there, shrinking down that small. Oof, oof. I do like that. They also don't get too hung up on it. It's not a big science slog. It's... More like evolution. They allow the audience to realize where they are coming from, but they also allow them to know if this is maybe one of their first Marvel movies, which they really shouldn't be watching this one. But if if this happens to be their first one, they could kind of get the gist of it. I feel so bad for kids. Like, this is going to be like how I didn't see Jaws or Jurassic Park or a lot of really good classic movies until I was like 10 years past when they had came out is when I saw a lot of these. And those only came out every once in a while. This is going to be so much worse for any 10-year-old who's like, well, like, this is going to be tough for my little nephew because he can't see nearly any of these in the theaters, only parts of them at home, and he adores superheroes, and he's not going to watch any of this for years. He has a long time to go before he can watch Avengers Infinity War. It's going to be the Infinity Avenger movie by the time that he's old enough to watch. And they'll have pumped out at least 20 more of these things. Good golly, Miss Molly. It's hard to know where the direction is going. They have pushed and they have pushed and they have pushed and they have pushed. If you saw Infinity War, you know, like, even if none of it matters, even if it's all getting reversed, that's about as far as you can push it. I mean, there's only one other way you can push it, and they're not going to be ballsy enough to do that. They thought they would be, and then they realized that half of the cast that they killed off prematurely before their movies had come out, uh, like, oh, no, they all made billions of dollars. What have we done? Oh, they can't actually. Quick, quick, reverse everything. Go back, go back, go back. They have a very interesting road ahead of them, and what they need to do is as unbusinesslike as this is it has to have they need to have artistic integrity and have an end game they need to kill off cap and iron man 
I'm sorry. I love them both dearly. That's what I thought we were building up to with this past I, movie. I swear to God, I thought... That was the I, thing. I thought Tony Stark was dead. Yeah, that's the I thing. I thought he was dead. I was like, oh my God, he's dead. It makes sense, but oh my God, he's dead. I completely saw it coming, but he's dead. I'm like... And then, oh, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So... There's a theory floating around that shows why there's a decent possibility that they can get out of this. Well, I, the minute I learned what an Infinity Gauntlet was, it's kind of when you show resurrection in your movie, all stakes are gone. Well, it's it's more so rather than resurrection. The minute you brought Captain Kirk back with triple blood, um, I, I lose all. There's, <laughs> the latest theory makes more sense. Because the first theory I heard was saying that everyone that got snapped actually went into alternate dimension. an alternate dimension. Quantum state, perhaps. Well, that's where this one is kind of hovering around. But it's hard. it's hard for that one to the first theory that I heard to make as much sense as this last one does. This last one makes so much more sense. I would be very interested in reading it. If any of those theories had ever once paid off in any meaningful way, never once has any theory pushing the internet ever come true in a Marvel <laughs> movie. So I don't know why we think we know anything. Some have, but yeah, I'm kind of a weird, I, I love reading like those conspiracy theories. Like when, uh, when Cloverfield came out, man, oh, shakes alive. I was devouring uh, different videos saying, this is what the monster's going to look like. No, this is what the monster's going to look like. It's a Godzilla movie. No, it's not a Godzilla movie. It's actually a King Kong movie. No, it's actually the giant turtle from Godzilla. It's actually this kind of monster. No, it's something completely different. And you can tell because of this frame. No, it's this kind of thing because you can tell from this frame. Okay, I don't know what anyone else is talking about, but you can totally tell things because of this frame. It's actually a hell summoning movie because of this frame it's it went on and on and on and of course no one was right not a single person was right but you know what i ate it up oh i ate it up aaron we're gonna have to take a break to digest all of this why don't uh, you tell the good people at home more about our sponsor for this episode audible.com well as i said earlier today's show is brought to you by audible audible is offering our listeners uh the you lovely folks a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and that's not with the numeral two just married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. So if you just go to audible.com slash vanity URL. <laughs> oh, Aaron, you were doing so I was good. doing so You were doing good. so good. You tell you what? Go to audible.com slash married to the idea to get started today. Now, Liz, we have a very specific book that we're recommending today. Yeah, we were talking a little bit earlier about reading the 
Captain Marvel graphic novel. And I was saying, well, we should talk about that as our audible book. And Aaron said, well, no, it's a graphic novel. They couldn't have an audible book for it. It's hard to translate graphic into audible. Yeah, but that got me thinking. So I actually went and did a little digging. And it turns out they do that from time to time. It's a lot more work and it's a much bigger project, but I think it has a pretty cool payoff. The book that we are talking about is Nimona. It is a graphic novel that they took and they managed to turn it into an audiobook for Audible by turning it into a sort of radio drama, which I think is really, really cool. I would not have thought they would go that far with it, honestly, but I'm really glad they did because that's a cool way to bring a type of product to more people. Nimona is really great. I read it uh, perhaps a year ago, um, but I've lent it to everyone that uh, has ever seen it on my shelf because it's really, really cool. It's one of those beautiful slow burns where it starts off just being an irreverent webcomic, which it did start off in on Tumblr in 2011. Just this fun banter back and forth about young girl who wants to be this evil villain's henchman and just all the way she can prove herself to be good at henching funny gags and cool humor and it starts off that way but by you know your midway point you realize oh there is a story here there is some real dark stuff here oh people that we thought we knew aren't who they actually say they are or who we think they are if you have ever read uh, Scales and Scoundrels is out right now in comic book shops. If you're reading that, I would recommend Nimona. The artwork is just really minimalistic and fun. And again, with an audiobook, they really do a good job of painting the picture for you. And it's voiced by some good voice actors. Some of them have done like 200 other audiobooks for Audible, so they know what they're doing at this point. We highly recommend that your free book when you sign up for your Audible membership with us is Nimona, M-I-N-O-N-A. Uh, yeah, we both got a chance to read this, and I remember what drew me in is near the beginning, The she's trying to convince the villain to let her be a henchman, and then all of a sudden she's like, Oh, come on. What if I say this? She goes, Rawr, I'm a shark. And he's just like, You can shape shift? And it's just, I remember like that, just a real irreverent um, humor. It just it immediately drew me in, and I couldn't put it down until I had finished it. So that again is Nimona by Noelle Stevenson. And you can get that for free if you sign up for a 30 day trial membership. So again, you just go to audibletrial.com slash marry to the idea. All right, so let's go back to that question you posed at the beginning of all of this. Yes. Where does this movie fall on your scale of the best of the best of the best Marvel movies to the worst of the worst of the worst the crap has ever gotten out? The worst of the worst of the worst might be the Hulk, Spider-Man 3... Um, Neither of those are technically part of the MCU, though. I know, I know. I, I, That's so what I'm do, so do we want to? So do we want to? For this question, do we want to stick MCU? If we want to do that. That's fine. That's not a problem. We just, we gotta, we gotta make that rule now. <laughs> I think it's only fair because then we can start saying, well, what about Spawn? And just, we might get oh, a little God. too far. Oh, I God. Oh, Don Leguizamo and evil, evil clown makeup. Ugh. People really care about rankings. 
I really don't well, give two it's shits. Not even, it's, it's so not even, I it's don't. It's not sh- rankings. It's more yeah. of a scale. And I, we gave up the, uh, the the scale of our own a while ago. Let me say this: every MCU movie, the worst, and I say worst in quotations, worst of those is better than any Transformers movie. Better than any Transformers five minutes of a Transformers movie. So it's hard to judge quality. Are there Marvel movies that push the envelope and achieve real significance out here in the real world? Yeah, absolutely there are. First Avengers comes to mind. Black Panther comes to mind. But are there movies that are just fine? Yeah, there's a lot of that are just fine in the MCU. So I think I won't do it. Like there's like 24 titles or something. I will not be listing all of them. I mean, I can try to find a list if Ugh. you want. Uh, no, I think I'll uh, start back. I think the worst one, and this is definitely better than the worst one. The worst one still for me is Iron Man three. I think Iron Man three is usually down near the bottom of everyone's lists. Thor two. I is- didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I know I was like, I, I didn't hate it. Did it have a, a weak villain? Yes. But did Which we... really stunk because it was Christopher Eccleston. Mm-hmm. But did we have a lot of fun with portals and did Kat Dennings make funny noises? And Yeah, I mean, it was it was funny. And he hangs up his hammer on the wall. That, and yeah, apparently that hook was worthy. <laughs> the hook was worthy of his hammer. There's just like, like little, little <laughs> things. But I, a lot of people say overall that one is one of the weakest of them. Iron Man 3 is still one of the weakest as well. I like Thor 2 because it also shows what a kick-ass mom Thor has. Because I've always thought Odin is just... I don't know if it's because it's being portrayed by... Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. I don't know if I just... If I'm just over Anthony Hopkins, but I whoa he definitely phoned in. He phoned in his role in Ragnarok. Yeah, because he was done. He's like, I he didn't want to do it. They and they said like, you need to do this. We need you for one last part. Yes, what I'm saying is even beyond the actor, the character of Odin isn't nearly as compelling because by the time we get to the last part, we realize, oh no, he was like destroying worlds and it was only near the end of his reign that he said to become all peaceful and loving. It was very much like, yeah, I'm not really interested in you, but Freya is really kick-ass and awesome and gives her life to save her people. It's She's a much more interesting character and she has a relationship with Jane and it's really sweet. Yeah, and that's the problem too is I really like natalie portman but i don't think they really gave jane anything interesting to do in the second movie besides being the embodiment of the uh aether yeah they 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 made her a MacGuffin. yeah and that's not interesting that's not cool to your character again like there's so many movies now that we can say at the time we're all right but now with time passing you're like you could have done a lot better guys like think about the think about Evangeline Lilly in the first one. She's she's a bit of a badass, but she's more of a tight lip, no you know, no fun businesswoman with a really yeah. severe haircut, and that's about all we get out of her. And she has crazy mommy issues and daddy issues. So by the second one, where she can just be a character and work off people and enjoy herself and be really kick ass, that's a lot more compelling and interesting than you've seen her before. Yeah, she. Uh, okay, so. that's the reason I brought up this question. I knew it might be a little tough, but that's the reason I brought up this question is because this movie seems to be a bit middle of the road, not calling this movie bad because even the worst MCU movie, as you said, is better than most, if not all the Transformers movies. 
I tell you what, I think I think the problem of Ant-Man and the Wasp is that it was always destined to be middling because it had to be a palate cleanser for after Infinity War. They knew when it was coming out. They knew they couldn't involve them in that battle. So they had to tell a story concurrent with that timeline that had nothing to do with that timeline. It doesn't have an overall arcing motion besides setting up where Ant-Man will be when they have to try and find him later. Yeah. Which they do set up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, how are they going to get him back? But it's not Captain Marvel in that it's a sequel. So it's already fighting an uphill battle that way. And it's a concurrent story as opposed to a propelling of the plot. It's a concurrent story of multiple different storylines. However, Ant-Man, Guardians, hell, even Thor Ragnarok. These three are probably the best movies that I can say are what I consider Marvel palate cleansers. And I'm talking the first Guardians. The second one was, but... It's the second one slipped into more of the typical Marvel movie than the first one. The first one is 100% palate cleanser. Um, it has to be because yeah. of the directors. We've seen this time and time again. If you get a different sort of director, like uh, like the are you you're talking about for the director of uh, Thor Ragnarok? Yes, and what we do in the shadows. Yes, yes. Oh, he did a great job taking a character that, let's not forget, people did not really care for Thor much at all, and he turned it into this irreverent space comedy with his own brand of humor. Honestly, the weaker points are when it goes back to Asgard, and you're dealing with Hera and... Hela. Sorry, excuse me, Hela. The well, guy, yeah, again, Scourge. really cool, strong female character. And she does have this really compelling backstory of how she was Odin's firstborn. Oh, and yeah, she, it's not the character. It's not the character. It's the story and the setting that she's putting. Yeah, into. they're not giving her anything interesting to work off of. They give. She doesn't need Scourge. He's there so she can expose it to somebody so the audience learns things. Exactly. And it's so, you know, and you, you can't help that. You can't fault Kate Blanchett for that. Oh, no. And I, I Kate Blanchett's one of those characters that are uh, actors that I kind of go back and forth on. I like her. I don't like her. I like her. I don't like her. What I didn't like is the treatment of Asgard. I felt like his treatment of everything else was awesome, but his treatment of Asgard wasn't as awesome. Oh, yeah. He wanted to do a Guardians movie. He's like, get them to space. Give me aliens. Give me weird Jeff Goldblum. Well, apparently he's on the dock to do the next Guardians movie. Oh, yes. We have not talked about that. We probably won't. We won't talk, talk about, about that. that. I will say this. I'm not going to get political. Thanos is a dick. That's about as political as I get. I will say that. I love that Dragon Con. How there were people going around with signs saying Thanos for president 2020. Hashtag Thanos did nothing wrong. Oh, God. There are people who legitimately think that, and it really, really hurts my heart. Anyways. Anyways. For me, the cool thing about the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, regardless of what you think about the person who brought them to the screen, is that they tell the story of people who are assholes, who learned not to be assholes, and give a damn and give a shit, and make something good of their lives. Take that for what it's worth, but it kind of feeds into, you know, when we think about all the people that we cast aside and put away from everyone else we put in prisons and jails and we say you say that you learn your lesson but then are afraid to ever give them a chance again because once bad always bad 
And the whole thing about Guardians is that all these criminals and thieves can change. What a bunch of a-holes. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. So for the director to be fired for a similar incident for six years ago and not suggest that perhaps he has also learned from his mistakes, it's hypocritical to say the least, and Disney should definitely start looking at other people on their payroll if he's like allowed to Sarah do things. Like Sarah Silverman, yep. which I like. I love Vanilla. Uh, I love Vanilla Van- Vanilla and I love, I mean, Wreck-It the thing Ralph is, is, cannot wait for Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. I cannot wait. Oh, that looks wait. so good. But the problem is, is there's a lot of people. They're, if they're going to start doing that, they're they're going to be firing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It What happens is it was a knee-jerk overreaction. I'm not saying he didn't need to be punished. Of course. I'm, what I'm saying is, is it was a knee-jerk overreaction. So... That's as far as we're going to get on that. Yeah, someone <laughs> no, will be mad be, about that. Well, so. you can't please so, everyone, Aaron. Yeah. So, so let's Ant-Man get back the to the, let's yeah. get back to the question. Uh, I think that as far as sequels go, as far as second movie in a franchise, I wouldn't even say that this is a second movie in a franchise because it's called Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's not called Thor 2, Ant-Man 2. It's a completely different sort it's of It's kind of like Hulk and the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Or... Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. or like Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man. It's kind of like whenever they do another comic series, instead of it being the uh, amazing Spider-Man, it's the incredible Spider-Man, it's the ultimate Spider-Man, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all you have to do is look at the promo pictures to realize that we could definitely do with more chicks. And I think the Wasp is a cool character, and mm-hmm. eventually Lily plays her well, and now uh, we may have some more women showing up post fixing of the snap. That would be can great. Be, that'd be really great. The, the idea was floated that an uh, all female Marvel movie may come about. I'd I'd be for it. I'd be in line. Oh, that'd be so. I'd I'd go see it. Like that's a crazy thing. Like Gamora became the heart of this franchise, and. <sighs> And it makes sense. And we're not getting into the... Well, no, I'm not going to get into that, but that's really, really cool because they tried to do it with Hawkeye and no one bought it. No one... I liked Hawkeye. I do. I like Hawkeye. I liked Hawkeye in the first movie. But it was silly to say... But he was my sixth favorite Avenger. But I still liked him. It was, But it was hard to like him when he was in mind control for the first one. My face hurts. Not here... (laughs) Not here, but, but right, right here. here. The second movie, they did a great job writing him. Yeah, but then we never got to see him ever again after that. We're going to get to see him in the next movie. Where it's, has yeah, he been? You know, they're, 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 oh, it's God. coming back. Where does this fall on your scale? Is it Black Panther? No. But is it fun? Yes. I would definitely say that I think I liked it more than I liked it more than Thor, the first one, and I liked it more than the Thor sequel. I Iron Man is groundbreaking. It's hard for me to put that one in context, but I feel like it was more fun than Iron Man. Um, uh, Iron Man, the original Iron Man, almost has to be kind of counted on its own because it was the first. It was the original, well, quote unquote, the original. I like it better than Age of Ultron. See, I liked Age of Ultron more because I liked how everyone worked together. And plus, I love James Spader. I know people didn't like the whole Ultron thing, which I I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. I think they were afraid to stretch it because it's, you know, Age of Ultron should have lasted more than one movie. 
Ultron is one of like the biggest villains in the MCU. You introduce a big villain like that, Marvel Universe, and then you throw him off. Yeah, it's like oh, at least they didn't do that with Thanos. So I would have liked that. See, that's the problem, and 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 see, that's probably why everyone has been putting this movie where they have been. Not because of how this movie has done, it's just because of the impact of the movie. Not that this movie wasn't important, but it wasn't as important as, say, Avengers, or even Avengers Age of Ultron, or Black Panther, because Black Panther was important. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. I liked it more than the first Ant-Man, and I actually liked it more than the first Guardians, just because when you get to the second Guardians, you realize how much the first is set up. And I really dug the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Like, I see. I really like, much. I like the character interactions of the second Guardians, but I think the overall fun of the first one is better. So I think overall the first one is better. Plus, the soundtrack is more memorable than this the, in the first one than it is in the second one. I do dig that soundtrack. I I like whenever they become more interactive with each other. But when it gets to a certain point, it's almost too much. They almost become too interactive with each other. It's weird. No, I get you. I think the real question that we should really be talking about is if uh, Kevin Feig is ever going to get over his daddy issues. It's not Kevin Feig. Yeah, but it's Kevin Feig. It's not Kevin Feig. He's not the one killing off the fathers. Yeah. The directors in the original comic. And Disney wasn't doing that either, and yet somehow there are no mothers. Oh no, that was Disney. Yeah, so no, that I'm... was that was straight up Walt Disney himself because mm-hmm. he lost his mother. So he's like, no, no, we have to make these children feel like they lost their mother, so they can feel the same thing I felt. Here's a mouse. <laughs> you know? I do. Okay, I I will say. Um, last bit. I really enjoy getting to see Giant Man again because as fun as the whole concept of shrinking an Ant-Man is for me, it really just takes off every time he becomes just too big. They're going through the school and he keeps fluctuating in size. Eventually, eventually, it's just like has to crawl over his legs to fix his capacitor. And there's just something like funny about it. And it's like, yes, please play more with the size dynamics. They, it's fun. They had, They had more opportunity than they used with that. They could have like, yeah, there's like, oh, he looks like he's the size of the kid of a kid. And they could have played around with that a little bit more. Like maybe a kid walked by and was like, hey, Johnny, you know, they could have. Or she had to hold his hand. Yeah, <laughs> that like or like help him up into the seat. You know, there's yeah, something funny like that. They missed out on some opportunities on that. And then they found opportunities where you wouldn't have thought like like with the Pez dispenser. Or, um, you know, making the cars shrink and expand themselves. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this is middle of the road, but not as low, I would, as other people are putting it. Oh, I will also say the fact that the hero and the villain, I say quote unquote villain, the fact that the hero and the villain do not have the same abilities is so refreshing for our Marvel movie because it's usually two people of exact identical powers face off and you have no idea how one is supposed to come out on top if they are identical beings. And it's, it's hard to use this one as an example because it was the first movie, but it's a prime example of Iron Man versus Warmonger. Hulk versus Abomination. Yeah. We just keep getting it again and again and again, and it's really, really nice to see. It's cooler to see two characters that don't have the same powers 
to see how they would fight and interact with each other. You mean like Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice? Oh, just like that, Aaron. <laughs> or how about when they put a bunch of thieves together with one person who legitimately has magical powers to try and fight an entire city of demons, like Suicide Squad? Uh, Guys, DC if you sucks! Watch, if you want to watch Suicide Squad done right, go watch the animated movie called Assault on Arkham. It's done so much better, some great voice acting, and some wonderful animation. I'm looking forward to the next Wonder Woman movie. I am weirdly pessimistic about it. You've not been that because, way all the time. Well, the new Avatar Netflix live action series just got announced, and, and you were not screaming, and I was screaming. I'm cautiously optimistic about that one. So I'm, I'm, because that could either be really awesome or really terrible. Not as terrible as M Night Shyamalan. No. It'll always be better. No, they do, they do have the bar set really low on that one. So I'm gonna say it's middle of the road, but that's because of a where they had to put this be what they had to work with and see what they ended up doing with it. The side characters, the main characters and the humor and heart really, really, really shown, but the overall plot and how they had to end it and where they had to end it just kind of was there. And again, I don't think that's their fault. I think that's no, Infinity War's I, fault. I, I have to agree. I think it's not the director's fault. I think the director was like, well, we got to make an Ant-Man and Wasp movie. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to do it like this, this, and this. They're going to be on the run. And Oh, no, no, no. Within three days, this all has to take place right before all the things that we've already had happen happen. Yeah, this actually has to be in for, before the Infinity War. But everyone, yeah, <laughs> it has to be in for, before Infinity War. But, yeah. And We've before. got constraints. Listen, Bilson, we need you to come in this weekend. Yeah. Finish reports. We need you to put a cover page on that TPS report. Yeah, that'd be great. So, it's still good. Definitely, If you haven't watched it yet, obviously, you shouldn't be listening to this. But it's still... it's really good we'd also like to do a shout out to five dollar tuesday movie nights at amc because Um, we are uh, hashtag not sponsored by amc uh no but we are cutting up our movie passes tonight and we're probably gonna go over and join up with them not throwing any shade on it's not shade it was a it was a good run it was never going to last at its peak that was awesome. I got to see so many cool movies I would have never thought of or had money to go see, like all the movies that we saw for the animated Oscars that's the, episode. That's the perfect example. Such I would good not movies. have seen Loving Vincent if I had not if I did not have movie. And that was the point of Movie Pass. Yep. They even said Movie Pass themselves said Movie the- Pass is not just for you to go see Transformers Six. For a million times, or Smurfs in the Lost Village uh, 10 times in a row, like some idiot did. That's not the point of Movie Pass. The point of Movie Pass is to go see movies that you wouldn't normally see. And you and I, we tried. Yeah. And we did go see that stuff. For a solid two weeks, the only movie you can see is The Meg at the eight different movie theaters that are playing near us. And I could care less about the Meg. And I was one of the biggest supporters. I was like, no, we got to go watch it. We're going to be fine. It's going to be, it's going to pop back up. It's going to pop back up. Nope. And it's not. Also, we are starting to ramp up towards Halloween. Halloween. And Aaron has suggested 
that we go back to a movie a week for Halloween because it's our favorite time of just, year. Just for October, though. We're not, this won't, it won't be a permanent change. In fact, this episode will be the last episode before we start the Halloween uh, one a week. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are very much looking forward to it. And we have ideas, but we would love to hear from you guys. Also, since you have been so good and stayed with us uh, until the very end, Liz, tell them how they can win something for free. If you want to win some free stickers, go to marriagetheidea.weebly.com slash just for you and you will find a special page where you can enter in your name and your address and we will send you a fabulous sticker. Again, that is marriagetheidea.weebly.com slash just for you to get an awesome sticker to celebrate one year and being named best local podcast. We still have some stickers left. We would love to give those out to our amazing fans. So be sure to go on there. Uh, so, and like I said, we are about to ramp up towards Halloween. Uh, we have one specific thing that I'm looking forward to at the, for the very end. But uh, if you have any ideas, we're happy to hear. But uh, final thoughts on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Liz? So we went to the theater and we got the popcorn and the icy with the two flavors. And I was like, babe, you want to split this icy? He's like, sure, why not? And so we split this icy. And we walked into the theater and we sit on down. And there's only two other people in the theater. And it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. And we put on the trailers and we're saying, that's not cool. That's pretty cool. I'd see that. I wouldn't see that. And then we got to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. And it was super fun. And then fuck Thanos. And then we got to do a cool podcast. And it was wicked super cool. I hope to God you do not edit that out. That was awesome. Thanks, babe. That was so cool. Okay, guys, if you stayed for that, you just heard something amazing. And with that, we will wrap it up. Be sure to tune in for our first Halloween episode. And be sure to hop on audibletrial.com slash married to the idea for your free trial and your free audiobook. Until Halloween, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And we're married to the idea.